0: Now this may come as a shock to you, but not everyone in the world believes the same things that you do. Actually, you're probably not shocked by that at all. But now that you are at college, the reality that not everyone sees the w- things the way that you do, it becomes more and more apparent. In fact, if you believe what the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod teaches and confesses, Concerning God and His Word, you may find that at some points you're actually at odds with what the world believes, or they are at odds with you. But here's the question that every single person sh- should ask themselves, no matter what they believe How does what I believe affect the way that I live? How does what I believe affect the way that I treat others in this life? For instance, let's say that I believe that life is all about survival of the fittest. If I were to follow that line of thought to its logical conclusion, I would have little sympathy for the weak, and I would try to be the strongest in each and every situation that I was put in. If I knew that I was not the strongest, then I would try to align myself with the strongest so that I could at least be on the winning side. But that is the question. How does what I believe affect the way that I live? And do my actions line up with my beliefs? Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he turned to his disciples and he asked them, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Jesus was asking them, What does the world believe about me? What does the world think that I am supposed to be? The disciples said, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. One thing you can notice about the world's confession about Jesus at the time is that they all thought that he was just a man. Perhaps a very good man, but just a man nonetheless. Now if the world was correct in saying that Jesus was just a man, or perhaps even a great prophet, a great man, then they could ultimately do this. Take him or leave him. What I mean is, their belief about Jesus had a little room for rejection of him. But here's the thing. Jesus, through his teaching, was claiming to be far more than just a man. Yes, he claimed to be God's Son, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Moreover, John who was a prophet, he proclaimed that this Jesus, this guy, was the Lamb of God who would take away all the sin of the world. Not to mention that Jesus also had already predicted that he would die and that he would rise again. Jesus was telling the people that he was the great I Am in the flesh, He said at one point, before Abraham was, I am. The world's belief about Jesus, on the other hand, they allowed, it allowed for rejection. And it also allowed for those same people that followed him to cry out, crucify him, crucify him. What about us? Do we we form Jesus? I'll wait till that goes fast. In our belief system, do we form Jesus into an image that we want Him to be? Do we confess Him only when it's convenient and deny Him when we are challenged? We may confess that He is God, but do our actions and our speech align with our confession? Or is our confession about Jesus more like the world's confession of Him? Do we leave room for rejection when our beliefs put us in a place of compromise or discomfort? Jesus turned to His disciples and He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ you are the son of the living God and Jesus answered him blessed are you Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven and I tell you you are Peter which means rock and upon this rock that confession I will build my church and the gates of hell they shall not prevail against it Peter's confession, it is the confession of the church. It's the confession of us. We believe that in the person of Jesus, God, the creator of heaven and earth, is with us. And we believe that God is with us no matter where we are, no matter where we meet, even right here out on the lawn. He is with us in His Word. He is with us in baptism. He is with us in the Lord's Supper. God's Son is still with us today. (laughs) Yesterday, I got a chance to do the most beautiful thing that a pastor can do. I baptized a, a little baby and it was so beautiful. And in your baptism, whether you were a little baby or whether you were 18 or 20 or however old you were, God of all creation put his name upon you. And as a Christian, you carry with you Jesus' death and resurrection everywhere you go. When you go to class, you believe that because of Jesus, God is with you. When you hang out with your friends, you believe that because of Jesus, God is with you even there when you you name it as a member of the church you confess that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living god you believe that and all that entails but how does that affect your life Jesus continues i will give you the keys of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What in the world is he talking about here? He's talking about the forgiveness of sins. In the Gospel of Luke we read, Then Jesus opened the minds of the disciples to understand the Scriptures. And he said, Thus it is written, That the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to the ends of the earth. You see, our confession of who Jesus is immediately leads into an application of forgiveness of sins for all who believe in Him. This implies two things. First, we and every single person that we meet are sinners and they need forgiveness. Two, Jesus' death and resurrection pays for the sin of the world and is received by all who believe in him. This is why Jesus tied the office of the keys or the office of forgiveness to the church's confession of who he is. Now back to the question we began with. How does what I believe affect the way that I live? Well, first off, if I believe that Jesus is who He says He is, I believe what He says about me. Namely, I am a sinner that is deeply loved. A sinner that is deeply, deeply loved by God who is willing to, to lay down his life that I would be saved I want to be a humble person that does not think of myself as more highly than anybody else I run into the person I meet they're in the same boat that I am I'm not above them and they're they're, I'm not below them either. I'm a sinner, they're a sinner, but God loves us so deeply that He sent His Son to save me and the person I'm talking to and the person that cuts me off on the road and the person that beats me out in that test score and that person that was rude to me. God loves that person, he died for that sin that they just did against me. And I want to love that person just as Jesus loves me. Moreover, if Jesus stood for me and all of us sinners, I want to stand with him. Think about it. Our perfect God made his place in this life To stand with and for. To die with and die for sinners. To forgive them. To place His name upon them in baptism. And as His family, no matter what the world believes, we don't want to be ashamed of our God even if it means being rejected in social circles, or worse yet, what it meant for our forefathers, death. We want to stand for the one who stands for us. You see, Peter and ten of the twelve disciples believed that Jesus was who he said he was, and they came to rely on the forgiveness of sins that his death and resurrection afforded them. This changed every aspect of their lives. In the end, their belief made it so that each and every one of them died or were rejected for being witnesses of, get this, they were witnesses of God's love for the world in Jesus. Their belief permeated their speech. Their, his love permeated their actions. Unfortunately, sometimes we compartmentalize our beliefs from the way that we live. I pray that we would recognize this. We all do it, by the way. Me, and I'm assuming you're just as bad as me. (laughs) But sometimes we don't act what our confession says. And that's why we want to return to our Lord as we do each and every week. We come to Him. We confess our sins. We hear His Word. We receive the Lord's Supper. When we move, you will have a chance every week, but every first and third Sunday for now. And we confess this when we gather together for the Lord's Supper. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature... Sinful and unclean. (laughs) And we do it with that kind of passion. (laughs) We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we've done, by what we've left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. Our confession... It confesses who we are. And it, don't, don't smile, because if I see your smile, then I'll. <laughs> our confession confesses who we are. But the much, much sweeter part of our confession confesses who our God is. The second part says this But I pray you of your boundless. You know what boundless means? It doesn't stop. I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the innocent, bitter suffering and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of Him, I pray that you would have mercy on me, a sinful being. And then in response to our confession comes the sweetest, sweetest words. Almighty God in His mercy has given His Son to die for you. And for His sake, He forgives you all your sins. And here's where the office of the keys comes in. And as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by His authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful confession. And I pray by God's grace, this confession would cause us to love others as God in Christ loves us. One man once said this about the confession of the church, and I absolutely love it. He said, I did not make it, I did not make up this confession. No it is making me. It is the very truth of God. It's not the invention of any man. And to that I say, Amen. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus until He returns for you. Amen. My buddy Chad is telling me that... (laughs)